0: David Platt took it next level. Uh, He pastors a church down in Southeast uh, United States. He said this, he said, we American Christians have a way of taking the Jesus of the Bible and twisting him into our version of Jesus that we are more comfortable with. A nice middle-class American Jesus, a Jesus who doesn't mind materialism and would never call us to give away everything we have. A Jesus who is fine with normal devotion that does not infringe on our comforts. A Jesus who wants us to be balanced, who wants us to avoid dangerous extremes, and who, for that matter, wants us to avoid danger altogether. A Jesus who brings comfort and prosperity to us as we live our Christian spin on the American dream. And so when you take the burden of a cross and you take this version of what David Platt says, we take this idea of bearing, taking up the cross of Christ, and man, we can spin it into, well, this is kind of easy. I can, I can do this. And what, what we're seeing is that to, to bear the cross of Christ is going back to dying to self-determination, giving up our agenda, doing, no longer trying to do it on our own, and allowing the cross to do what it was supposed to do, to redeem us, what Christ did. And see, what we celebrate today is that the fact that the resurrection has happened, that means that the Christ, the cross is even all the more powerful because of what it did, what it provides for us. And so when we talk about taking the cross, it's not this, whoa, here comes this heavy weight. I mean, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. He said for a reason. Because when you're not just self-determined anymore, when you're not trying to do it yourself, the, there you go. We die to self-determination, to running our lives, and surrender using Jesus for our agenda. We're going to say this a lot. We're going to look at three questions this morning that give us clarity to what Jesus was talking about in reference to taking up your cross. And it's, who is Jesus? What did he come to do? And what does he expect of us? Okay? He really got three things. Who is he? What did he come to do? And what does he expect of us? Okay? And so if you've got your Bibles, Mark chapter 8, we're in verse 27. And this, if you grew up in church or you're kind of familiar, this is a great little story because um, Jesus is walking with his disciples and he he knows that they're hearing things. And so look at what it says starting in verse 27 of Mark chapter 8. It says, And Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way... He asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Now the reason he asked, this is pretty amazing, because he knows that people are going, are talking. And whether you realize it or not, those people can influence the disciples. Is he really the Messiah? Is he really? Uh, And the disciples are going, is he really this guy? Is he really the guy? Uh, and, And everybody was kind of throwing out names of who this Jesus guy really was. And so, he knows that the disciples, their minds are filled with all kinds of, who is this guy? We've seen him do some amazing things. We've seen him get disruptive with the religious leaders of his day. And so, he's, Jesus starts with that. Who is Jesus? Because he's, he's answering that first question. So who do you say? And here's what the disciples said. It says, who, who do people say I'm? And, and they said, some said John the Baptist, others said Elijah, others one of the prophets. Jesus, okay. And then Jesus says the most important question that all of us need to hear this morning. If you're thinking about and understanding the importance of taking up your cross and being able to share the story of what Christ has done in your life, you have to be able to answer this one question. Because Jesus asked the disciples the very question. Look at what he says. And he asked him, but who do you say I am? See for you to take up your cross you have to answer that question because you will not take up the cross of Christ unless you have a relationship with him unless you believe that what happened on the cross was for you and finished it for you. I have always seen that when somebody's really serious about their walk with Christ they've looked at the cross they've seen what Jesus did and they said it is enough and, and what he did for me I am all in for him. I am all in for him. I am super committed. Whatever it whatever it means, I am all in for him. Who do you say I am? And, G, and Paul, or Peter answered, you are the Christ. And then I put in parentheses the Messiah. You're it. You're it. You're the Messiah. And so uh, one of the things we've given you is a, there's a, a, an insert sheet that if, if you want to write down some fill-in things, you're, you're certainly welcome to do that. Um, you don't have to, but it's there for you. A couple things right out of the chute. Who, who Christ is to you is crucial to cross-bearing. See, who is Christ? I said that a second ago. If, if you were, do not fully believe who Christ is and that what He did for you and what He did on the cross for you and resurrection and the forgiveness of sin being available to you, you will not take up your cross and follow Him. It will sound good on paper. It will sound good to a level of commitment, but it requires you to trust that what He did And what we celebrate today is enough. See, Resurrection Sunday is so crucial to our Christian faith because if it doesn't happen, we don't really have a faith to sit on. It's the foundation. We know this because Paul said that. He "If Christ isn't risen. we, We don't have much. We've got some good stories. We've got some nice little anecdotes, but that's it. The Easter Sunday, what we celebrate is so significant because it confirms that we have a risen Savior who has the power to reach into our lives and help us do and be a part of anything that He says He wants us to do. So who is Christ to you is really crucial. And that is probably the most important question you need to answer today. Because the second part of that is this. With revelation comes responsibility. You can't stay neutral. You can't say, Jesus did all that for me on the cross... And then he says, take up your cross. And you go, yeah, I don't know. That, that's going to infringe on my schedule. It's going um, to require me to sacrifice. It's going to require me to do some things. And he is saying, to take up your cross means you trust me and that I am trustworthy. That I am trustworthy. And I, I kind of went through thinking, and I rewrote this several times because it, it was just rattling through my head all week, getting ready for today, taking up your cross can't be based on your comfort level. I want you to hear that taking up your cross and let me just help you out your cross is your relationship with Christ, and it's personal. you can't take it up based on your comfort level oh well i don't want to I only want to do certain things God I don't want to go too crazy here at some point, taking up your cross will ask do I really trust him? So taking up your cross will say, do I really trust him? Do I really trust him? The answer to that question is revealed in our daily cross bearing, that we take up our cross. Last week I was, um, one of the things I do every Sunday after I'm done is kind of process what I said. It's important to me. It's important to me to say, God, where, where did I get it right? Where can I improve? Where can I grow? Where can I celebrate? And something occurred to me because I was getting ready to teach this series that God convicted me about strongly. Um, all afternoon, I was, like, I was praying, and I was like, okay, God, talk to me, teach me, show me. And something that happened is I said, one of the things I said last week is, and you can go back and listen to it, that's free. Um, as I said that, that the last part of Philippians we were talking about was this idea about about giving a percent to the church, giving giving ten percent, and that's that's the baseline. That's what the scripture says. And then I said something else. I said, you know, but maybe if you started back and you kind of worked your way up. And God said to me, as clearly, I mean, it was like it was like a whoa moment for me. And God said, Danny, what you're also telling people is that I'm not fully trustworthy. If I if they go, well, I'm, I've never done this, and now you're asking me to. And something God said to me is, Danny, I want people to know how trustworthy I am if they step up to the plate and be honor God with what Scripture clearly teaches about tithing. And I was like, mm, God, I am so sorry. Because clearly it said 10%. And I said, well, gonna work up. And I get that. I know some of you have grown up that way. But what God was trying to teach me is that if you want to take up your cross, you have to fully trust Him. You have to fully trust Him about Everything about everything. And so I, I saw that and it was like that was just I'm a, 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 like okay God I get it. If you want to take up your cross you've got to trust him with everything every area of your life because that will demonstrate how much you're going to cross bear. Taking up your cross can't be based on your comfort level. At some point taking up your cross will ask do you really trust him? The answer to that question is revealed in our daily cro- cross bearing So he keeps going on in verse 30. He says this, after they've identified him, he says this in verse 30, he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. What? Well, Jesus, we just identified you as that. And Jesus has got a plan here. He says, don't tell anybody. Say nothing. And he began to teach them that the son of man, and we, we said, who is Christ? The second question we're answering is, is why did he come? And he's about to tell them why. He says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And here's the thing. The disciples just said, you're it. And then he says, I'm going to die. Wait. Pump the brakes here, Jesus. Whoa. You just said you're the Messiah. You're the one we've been reading about. You're the one the prophecy spoke about in the Old Testament. And now you're telling us you're going to die? What did we sign up for? True forgiveness causes someone to suffer. Think about that. True forgiveness causes somebody to suffer. And Christ was willing to suffer for us for the forgiveness of sins. And so when he said take up your cross, let me just, let me just help you out. Sometimes when you're taking up your cross and you're, and you're living this daily life for Jesus, it requires that you're going to suffer for forgiving somebody. Because it's going to hurt. It's not easy. And something that it, it, I was thinking about today, because taking up your cross depends on the size of the cross you're taking up. And hear me on this, because the size of your faith will determine how much you trust God. Does that make sense? Because if you see his, this cross, is the, man, he is trustworthy, and it is, oh man, I'm, I, I can see God could work even if I'm not sure how I trust him but if your version of him is a little small the pocket version maybe he is saying do you really trust me? because see our relationship hinges on the version of the cross growing so that we trust that when we take up our cross that God can work through any circumstance any circumstance and we can say I believe that but if your cross is relatively small and you're like man God I don't know if you can I better help you that goes back to self-determination that goes back to God working for my agenda, and you just Brian going down the line. The view of the cross for you is really crucial, is because it's going to determine how much you're going to trust Him. And I've I know this about myself. The smaller the cross is for me, the smaller what Jesus did. That then I, you know what I tend to do when it when it comes to that. I try, I try to step in and help Him. Not about you, but have you ever had a child that wanted to help you with something, and you're like, oh, this isn't going to go good? <laughs> Am I right? whether it's cooking or, you know, uh, you know, my little one wants to come out and help me do some fine work um, on doing some pretty, she goes, well, dad, why don't, why don't I glue these? I'm like, mm, this isn't like gluing paper to paper. She's like, well, let's just glue. I'm like, true. I, I can't let you, well, you know, we're trying. I'm fine. Here, glue these two pieces together over here. See, when we're thinking about all of this, and we're thinking about how big we see the cross, then we start to think God can do some amazing things. Some of you have people here, because you thought, man, how how are they going to, because God can work. Some of you are here because God worked through other people, and they took up their cross right before you, and you saw Jesus in them. How many of you are here because somebody lived their life of Christ right before you? A chunk of you, a lot of you. Somebody lived for Jesus. They took up their cross. They took up what Jesus did for them and they modeled it right in front of you. And it was contagious. And somebody looked at them and said, Wow, so that's what Jesus looks like. That's what Jesus looks like. So Jesus said, I gotta suffer. And then Jesus, Peter's, Peter's, I love Peter because Peter's just he just he, he says things without thinking. He says this. And he said to him plainly, Peter took him aside. Peter took him aside. First off, just taking Jesus aside for just a second. Like you're going to put Jesus in some sort. Jesus, we need to talk. You know, not in a good way, by the way. He took him aside like somehow he was more more spiritual than Jesus. Come here, Jesus. Let me tell you something, you know. And he says, and he rebuked him. Dead man walking. I'm just saying. But turning to his disciples, he rebuked Peter. And he said, get behind me, Satan. How would you like to be how would you like to be? My name is Danny, and also your name is now Satan. You know, it's like, he, he said, get behind me, Satan. You know why he said that? He goes, don't interfere with what I'm trying to do. Don't interfere with what I'm trying to do. Can you imagine when the disciples looked at Peter, and Peter, and Peter gets up, and he goes, what is he doing? He is grabbing Jesus by the hand, or by the shoulder, and going, come here, can we, we need to talk. Um, I need to teach you some things about this. And all, I can you imagine all the disciples going, I'm glad he's saying that because I didn't have the courage to get up and do what Peter's doing. But it's interesting because the, the key word in this, this little passage, seeing the disciples. That means all of them were in agreement. They were all going, Jesus, die, suffer, hold on, we just recognized you as Messiah. Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Like the disciples, we want a version of Jesus that we like. We want a softer version, a tamer version, one that doesn't ask us to do crazy things for him, one that doesn't say, well, man, God, that's got to be a missionary or a pastor or somebody else who's been a Christian a long time. That's not what you've asked me to do. And Jesus was clearly telling his disciples, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Because if you trust me, what I did on the cross, then take up your cross and live for me. And so he finishes it out in verse 34. He says, And calling the crowd to him and his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. See, the his is personal. It's yours. You, gotta take up. you can't take it up through your parents or the fact that you grew up in church. Uh, it's your cross to carry. And, you, and to hear me help you out. You're not carrying anybody else's either just yours. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. He says, are you going to take it up for me or for your agenda? Taking up your cross for him is what it's about. If you're taking notes, I gave you this early. I'll give it to you now so you can write it down. We died of self-determination to running our lives and surrendering, using Jesus for our agenda. Now, when Jesus takes, tells you to take up your cross, you need to know something. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's pastor, he was in a Nazi concentration camp, and he said this profound statement. He said, Jesus asks nothing of us without giving us the strength to perform it. Amen. So if he asks you to take up your cross, he's going to give you all the requisite tools, primarily himself, to live for him publicly with courage not in perfection, because we're not perfect. But man, he can do some amazing things through us, okay, if we'll just let him. But taking up your cross, people see, people notice. So verse 36, he says this. He says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is, look at, look at the strong words that Jesus used, is ashamed of me of my words, and this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes into the glory of his Father with the angels. Now I want you to think for a second. How many of you have ever you have disappointed your parents so much that they were ashamed in that moment? Okay. <laughs> Sonny's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I remember I, I had one or two times where I, I, I'm sure my parents were ashamed that I you know, I didn't, I just didn't step up. And, and I've shared that story with you where um, when we lived on base housing on McConnell, we were, um, they had these portables where we lived in a cul-de-sac and me and my, my board friends pelted these white portables with mud. And it was perfect mud because it splattered like cow patties and then stuck. And so it looked like giant Dalmatians had taken over the uh, area next to my, and so a couple of days later, Uh, the school calls, and they've called it vandalism. You know, I'm like, vandalism? Just threw mud on the walls, and it happened to be white. What's the big deal? And so they, they, the police start canvassing the the houses closest to uh, where we lived. And guess what? Our cul-de-sac was the closest. And so they started with ours. And so uh, they, they ask, all of us are like, hey, do you guys know anything about this? Know anything about what? And of course, we all lied through our teeth at that moment. And um, some of the boys, not me, were weak. (laughs) They were weak and they caved. And so they said, we did this. And so the police come back again and now my mom, and many, most, very few of you know my mother, she stood by my side, as a mother would do. Yeah, it, somebody said it best. <laughs> That's not going to go well for me. So they come back, and they say, we are informed that some boys from this cul-de-sac have done that. And so they look at all the boys, and all the boys are going, mm-hmm. And I'm going, What? What? And so my mother defends me, as only a mother can do. She says, if my baby didn't do it, he didn't do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at all y'all weaklings. If you just kept your mouth shut, we'd be free. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, I can't believe she just stood up for me. She defended me. And so they came back a second time. And they said, we have names. And your sons begins with a D. And his name is Danny. And he was part of that group. And I'll never forget the look on my mother's face when she realized that she had defended my honor and I had lied. And how she had stood up for me based on my past and based on where I was and based on the fact that I had told her that I had nothing to do with it. And I remember how ashamed she was of how I could lie to her. And then she would defend that. And Jesus was saying, if you're ashamed of me, how are you going to carry your cross? Let me just tell you what, when you're ashamed of Jesus, your cross is going to be really small. Because here's the reality, you want no one to know that you are carrying that cross. And I'll tell you this, the the longer you want to hide Jesus and you don't want anybody to know that you're serious about Jesus, this just gets smaller. See, cross-bearing isn't about wearing a bunch of religious stuff. It's about living your life accordingly for the honor of God. It's about pointing people to Him. People should find out about who your, your faith, not based on the music you listen to, not based on t-shirts and bumper stickers. and They should find out by the, the conversations they have with you and the way you conduct your life. And so I wrote this down. What's the opposite of being ashamed of somebody? being proud of them admiring them not being embarrassed to be seen with them loving to be identified with them see when we're talking about taking up the cross we're talking about taking up the cross so that we identify ourselves as a follower of Christ and that it is not a burden it is a privilege and bearing that we reveal that and he was telling his disciples and everybody else take up your cross, follow me. Everybody sees it. It's not a burden. It's a privilege bearing witness to who I am in your life. Your, your relationship with Christ is personal, but it was never meant to be private. It was never meant to be private. We are to live our lives out before people. And so what I tell you today is pretty simple is this. Having a my story, a relationship with Christ Means taking up our cross and making it real, making it real and giving it life. By taking it up and saying, I'm going to live this life out for Christ intentionally because of what he did for me up there. Our story encounter, we will celebrate. We celebrate because what Christ has done for us. And one of the great things we're going to do today as we celebrate a risen Savior is you're going to hear more stories about people who encountered Christ. And they took up their cross and they followed Him. See, taking up your cross is serious business. It requires discipline. It requires an awareness that what Christ did for us on the cross is enough. Let's pray. Father, I pray that that my cross bearing reflects You well. It brings You glory and honor. It reminds me of the sacrifice that was made on my behalf. And that what my faith hinges on is what we celebrate this morning. That we have a risen Savior that has conquered death, that has bridged the gap of of sin that I caused. And God, I just thank you for sending your Son for us. And I thank you, God, for faith stories from people in my own life that have lived their life right before me. They have taken up their cross. They have modeled Jesus right before me. And I am so thankful and blessed. I am thankful, God, for the privilege to take up my own cross and to model it before you and to, and to live it out before the people that I encounter every single day. And I pray, God, that as we bear our cross in witness to what you've done for us, our trust in you will increase. It's in your name that I pray. Amen.